Hey, good evening, everyone. Good to, thank, good to see you all. Thanks for tuning in here to Grace Christian Church Live Online Night Church back at half past seven on a Tuesday night. Who would have believed it in the midst of all of this crisis that we're able to finally tune in back to our old Tuesday rhythm. It's good to have you in. And just a quick shout out to those of you who were on uh, last Sunday, especially. Thank you for the hundreds of comments and for the hundreds of likes and all the views. We really, really appreciate it. We really did feel the love last Sunday. It was great to have you online and joining in with us. Tonight's service, if you will, online is going to be pretty short. We're just going to do a little bit of worship. We're going to look at God's word just for a few minutes. And then we're going to do maybe another worship song and bring us some notices and bring us some updates about some stuff that's happening here in Grace Church, including the likes of our prayer focus for this week. I just want to give a couple of shout outs to uh, some people who were on just a little bit earlier. I want to say hello to everyone in Blarney. I want to say hi to the Becks, to Benjamin Beck. I want to say hi to all the O'Donovans. There's a few O'Donovans online at the moment. I want to say hi to James and to Ray. I want to say hi to all the Silvers below and for my. Great to see you as well. Tuning in again, Margot from Berlin. Berlin calling. Good to see you tuned in again tonight. I want to say hi to the Jeffers below and Bandon, the Eckersleys who are above in Murray So whether you're near or far, it's good to have you here. We also had a good number of people who tuned in uh, from the United States of America of all places last Sunday morning. Who would have believed it? The United States of America. And I wanted to give a shout out to them because I know they're going to be watching this afterwards. I want to say hi to Bruce and Barbara over in Connecticut. I want to say hi to Kathy over in Florida. Hi Kathy. Looking forward to seeing you if you can travel this summer. Who knows the way things are going. To Sarah Decker over in Texas. To Nathan in Indiana and I want to say hi to someone in Hungary who has to say hi to to Ildiko. Hi Ildiko it's good to have you tuned in with us here at Grace Christian Church whether you are watching live or whether you catch us on catch up it's good to have you here with us. Don't forget we're going to be here on Tuesday night. Tom Burke is going to be taking the service next Sunday and next Tuesday but we'll tell you a little bit more about that in a second. I don't want to delay any further but I do want to us to come together and come into the presence of God. Like I said we're here with just a small team. Tonight it's just me and uh, the, my technical genius of a son Rory he's here with me tonight so it's a very small team so give a shout out to Rory if you're out there I really loved seeing the comments that you made to Rory just give him a, give him, give him an old thumbs up let him know that you're looking in as well we really appreciate it anyway we're going to start off with a worship song we're going to pray first I'm going to try my guitar uh, what I wanted to do was in the last few weeks I've been thinking and I was preaching and talking and sharing about Thanksgiving and what I want to do tonight is I want to start off with a song of giving thanks because in the midst of our current crisis, in the midst of us all being cut off and all being socially isolated, um, you really do begin to miss some things. Your freedom, your friends, some of your nice foods, your visits to the restaurants and the movies, and even being able to just wander out and go wherever you like, it's all been limited. But then in the midst of it all, there's so much for us to give thanks for. And I want to start off tonight by singing a song that we have been playing at Grace for a while. Um, it's a song by a guy called Paul Balosh. It's called simply, Thank You Lord. Wherever you are, you can tune in. Remember, you're tuning to, to Night Church, so it's music, message, well, kind of ministry, and you, I hope you have your own munchies with you tonight. But it's definitely, definitely got mic, so. Lord, we ask you that you bless us as we gather and we worship you tonight. And we remember all the things for which we have to give thanks tonight Lord as we sing praise and worship to you Lord whether it's here in the atrium with just the couple of lads Lord or whether it's out there people looking at the screens I pray Lord that our hearts would be warmed and reminded of all the good things that you poured into our lives we pray in Jesus name and God's people said I hope you said it in a 
I come before you today And there's just one thing that I want to say Bless us as we gather around your word and as we listen to what your word would say to our current circumstances and situations. Inspire me as I speak, Lord, and let your Holy Spirit speak through me. In Jesus' name, amen. Off she goes, off goes the guitar for another session. But we're going to gather around God's word. I'm going to grab my old clicker here. I was speaking last Sunday morning. For those of you who tuned in, I was talking about or for those of you maybe who didn't tune in, I was talking about faith in uncertain times. And you know, we've never known times like this in reality. I don't, I've never known them. I was only saying to my own kids the other day, I've never known times like this. My parents never really knew times like this. And even my grandparents never really knew the times that we're experiencing now. They really are unprecedented in the modern age. And they can seem so uncertain. But the key point that I wanted to make on Sunday was that uncertain times have always been with us. And the only certainty that we can maintain in uncertain times is God's certainty in our lives. And the people of the New Testament, the people of the Old Testament, faithful believers for thousands of years have all known what it's like to live 
in uncertain times. And I'm going to look at part two of it tonight. I just want to briefly recap on what I was talking about last Tuesday night. We were looking, for instance, at the book of Romans chapter eight and looking about how God causes all things to work together for the good. And in a very, very brief recap, we looked at these verses from Romans chapter eight, when Paul said, I'm convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. And he writes down the list. He says, neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today nor our worries about tomorrow, not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. And uncertain times certainly can separate us from God's love. No matter what we're in, no matter what our circumstances are in at the moment, we can't be separated from God's love. I know that argument is made simple and made clear. And I like the quote that I put up by John Bloom. I love this when he said, our uncertainty is only apparent uncertainty. Our future provision and our ultimate triumph are certain to God. John Bloom, the American Christian writer, wrote that. I just love that idea that to us, we only have a very um, narrow vision of what's going on in our lives. We're very much stuck in the current situation, literally bound in the physical and the material world. And yet God, who's outside time, sees it all. He knows exactly what's going to happen. He knows all the certainty. He knows with certainty everything that's going to happen in our lives. It's not any ambush to him. It's only an ambush to us. And then we looked at Thessalonians, because the Thessalonian Christians were going through a very, very difficult time. In actual fact, they were actually being persecuted for their faith and were actually having their stuff confiscated from them. And here's what Paul advised them. He said, never stop praying and be thankful in all circumstance, for this is God's will for you who belong to Jesus Christ. Be thankful in all circumstances, not in some circumstances, not in the occasion circumstance, not if you're in the mood, not if you kind of have the spirit upon you, but he says, give thanks in all circumstances, because that is God's will for you. I want to move on tonight, but I want to kind of go back in time because I want to look at Hebrews chapter 11. Now Hebrews, the book of Hebrews was written um, sometime around 70 AD. And the context of the writing of the book of Hebrews is that it was written to Jewish Christians, Jews who'd converted to Christianity, who were living in Jerusalem, who were then being persecuted by other Jews for their faith. They were being persecuted and they were beginning to retreat back into Judaism as a way to avoid that persecution. They were trying to back away and they were beginning to lose their grip on their faith. And this letter was written to them to remind them to stay the course, to persevere, to stick it out. So when we get to read the book of Hebrews, that's the context of it. And so when we read and we get to Hebrews chapter 11, and we're going to be looking at Hebrews chapter 11, I'm going to be looking at verses 33 to 40. Um, I won't be reading them all literally, but I'm going to start off with the first verse of Hebrews chapter 11. You're very familiar to it. We're all very, very familiar to it. Uh, you would have seen it before. This is from the New Living Translation. Faith, the writer, probably Paul, almost certainly Paul writes, is the confidence of what we hope will actually happen. It gives us assurance about things that we can see. And I like this translation because it says it gives us assurance about things that we can't see. It's when we can see God's hand in our circumstances, when we're stuck in situations where we can't see exactly how God is going to find the way out. That is what faith is about. It's still having confidence in the middle of situations that we don't know how they're going to work out. That it's having confidence and knowing that God is going to work it out, even when we can see it. And I think that's really important. We're not talking about blind faith, but we're talking about a faith that is trying to see but can't actually see. 
We can't see God's hand in the situation. For instance, the current uncertainty, listening to various commentators, we don't know when it's going to end. We literally don't know when it's going to end. Are we going to be in these circumstances? Uh, are we going to be in these circumstances for a long time? Are we going to be in them for months? Are we going to be in them possibly for years? Are we going to be in this situation until there's a vaccine? We don't know. So we don't know how long it's going to go. So we can't really see God's hand working out. And so therefore, faith is carrying on even when we can't see that work out. But you know what I find interesting? That a lot of people are demonstrating an awful lot of faith at the moment because they are putting faith in things that they can't see every single day. Because I don't know anybody, I haven't met anybody who's actually seen the coronavirus. I don't know anybody who's seen it. When you're out walking, people are walking these big loops to go around you, and it's kind of strange because they're avoiding you for something that they can't see. They're demonstrating an incredible faith, a confidence that you're gonna <coughs> or sneeze or cough on top of them, and they're avoiding you. Elma and I were out walking yesterday and as we were walking back home, this man was coming towards us and he had a three or four year old child. It was just a little kid and he was running up the footpath towards us. And as he did, the, the man ran after the child and shoved him out of the way. And the poor child nearly got a heart attack as I walked towards him. It was like, really? Do you really think that the world is that bad? He had such faith in the fear that is stalking the streets at the moment. So many people have faith in things that they can't see at the moment. Even atheists who say, well, how can I worship a God I can't see, are cowering in fear from a virus they can't see, and they don't seem to worry about that. Anyway, that's the confidence we have, the confidence we have, and that's what faith demonstrates is. But I wanna look at the story that happens in Hebrews chapter 11, because in Hebrews chapter 11, there's this long list of people who did incredible exploits for God. It lists Abraham, it lists Moses, it lists Noah, it lists Sarah, it lists Jacob, the insiders David, Gideon, Barak, Samson. It lists all of these famous people who did amazing exploits, however, a lot of those people literally walked into uncertainty. God called Abraham from Ur of the Chaldees and he said, come to a place that I will show you, a land I'll give you. He didn't really know where he was going. He went not knowing exactly what God was going to do in his life. So he literally walked into uncertainty. Jacob left his father Isaac's house and departed to a place called Paddan Aram. And he, he, he dashed off there in his escape. He literally went into uncertainty. Moses gave up being in a, a, a prince in a palace in Egypt to go to the uncertainty of living in the Sinai desert and the uncertainty of being with the Hebrews. So in actual fact, walking into uncertainty seems to almost be a hallmark of the faith of the people that we read about in the book of Hebrews. But I want to come towards the end of it, because at the end of it, there's a big summing up by the writer, like I said, probably Paul. There's a big summing up as you come to Hebrews chapter 30, sorry, chapter 11 and verse 33. When you get to verse 33, it reads like this. It says, by faith, these people, all the people I just named and plenty more, by faith, these people overthrew kingdoms. And they ruled with justice and received what God had promised them. They shut the mouths of lions, quenched the flames of fire, and escaped death by the edge of the sword. These were victorious people. They overthrew kingdoms, escaped the lion's mouth, lived by the edge of the sword. They were incredibly brave and courageous people. It goes on further to say this. It says their weakness was turned to strength. Hallelujah. Isn't that what we all hope for? What we all long for? Their weakness was turned to strength. They became strong strong in battle and put whole armies to flight. Women received their loved ones back again from the dead. 
That is the evidence of their faith. They had incredible victories. They saw incredible miracles. They saw incredible things happening. And that's the people that we associate with faith. And that's what we've come to associate faith with. Victory, great outcomes, miraculous moves of power. That's what we've come to associate faith with. That's what I want. I mean, if I was asked, what kind of faith would you like? That's the kind of faith I want. I don't want some kind of mealy mouth faith. I want this faith. And then he says a dangerous word. He says the word, but. But. And when you see the word, but, you should fasten your seatbelt. Because then he goes on to say, you know, it wasn't that great for everyone who had faith. This is what he says. He says, but others were tortured, refusing to turn from God in order to be set free. They placed their hope in a better life after the resurrection. They were happy to be tortured. Not happy, but they were tortured because they placed their hope in a better resurrection. Some were jeered at and their backs were cut open with whips. Others were chained in prisons. They were put into prisons. Some of them were jeered and mocked and made fools of. And they were tortured for their faith. But I thought faith was all about like victory and overcoming and miracles and power. Not necessarily, he goes on to say this, some died by stoning or were sawed in half. A clear allusion there to the prophet Isaiah who was sawn in half, put inside a log and sawn in half. That's what he got. He serves God. He writes an incredible book of prophecy. He addresses God every day. God addresses him. He writes God's words to the people and he ends up getting sawn in half. Thank you, Lord. And some went about wearing skins of sheep and goats, destitute and oppressed and mistreated. They were too good for this world, wandering over deserts and mountains and hiding in caves and in holes in the ground. No, Michael, I tuned in for a bit of encouragement. Don't be telling me all this stuff. I tuned in because I wanted to get a bit of an uplift. And Michael starts talking about people who were sawn in half and who went around in sheepskins. These were not supreme sheepskins and these weren't Gucci goatskins that they were wearing. These were sheepskins and goatskins. They went around in these things because their faith was in God and this was the result of it. And it goes on to say they were too good for this world. They wandered over deserts and mountains, hiding in caves and holes in the ground. Now I want to offer you all of that because I think what's important to remember here is a little bit of perspective. Like, I don't know what, what your house like or your home is or what you live in, but I guarantee you it's better than a hole in the ground. I guarantee you it's better than a cave. I guarantee you it's better than living in deserts. You see, sometimes we get this perspective on our problems and our circumstances that's way bigger and way worse than what other people have experienced in the past or what other people are experiencing right now. It's very, very important that we have a bit of perspective on our situations. And so he lists these people alongside the people who did incredible things. And what's important is this, their faith, these people, and the faith of those who were victorious, it was the same faith. He doesn't say, well, the people with good faith had all the victories and the people with defective faith lived in holes in the ground that were drawn with goatskins on their back and sheepskins and lived in caves and hidden places and were tortured and had their backs cut open. No, it was the same faith. And he begins, actually, the book of Hebrews by saying that it was for this faith that people had a good reputation. And he returns to this idea 
at the end of this passage. Remember the winners and the so-called losers? Same fate. The guys who had all the victories and the guys who actually had a pretty rotten life and a hard life, same fate. Neither one was defective. He goes on to say, all of these people learned a good reputation because of their faith. Yet none of them received all that God had promised. Ah, put up your handbrake a second. Didn't Paul just say a minute ago that the guys who were slaying with the sword and shutting the mouths of lions, didn't he say that they received what God's promised? Yes, but they didn't receive all that God had promised. For God had something better in mind for us so that they would not reach perfection without us. The list he's writing here in Hebrews chapter 11 contains no person who saw the life of Jesus. Contains no person who saw the death and resurrection of Jesus. And that is the ultimate promise that God was offering to his people. That's, why he, that's what he was holding on for us. God had something better in mind for us, was that we would live in the light of the death and the resurrection of Jesus. We are inheriting greater promises than they inherited. They had to wait. They looked at it from a distance from behind. We looked back at the perfection. They were looking forward to the perfection so that they would not reach perfection without us. Can you imagine that? You go through all of that in your life and yet still you fall short of all that God wants for you. He's pointing further on. He's pointing further on. Not to the experience and the circumstances of this life, but for something much more that God had planned for his people. And so he carries on. And this whole passage, when we read the, the, the book of Hebrews, for instance, when we read Hebrews 11 and Hebrews 12, we have these artificial insertions that were put in by human beings we put them in there basically and those artificial insertions are called chapters and verses and so in the original reading of this letter what flows next actually is a natural flow and so what he's what he's saying to them is these people experienced persecutions and difficult times these people experienced great victories these people saw God do amazing things these people lived in incredible uncertainty incredible uncertainty and he's using them as an illustration to these Jews who were talking about retreating back from the Christian faith. He's using these as examples of people who did not retreat. They did not fall back. Can I just say it to you, regardless of what happens in the next few weeks, in the next few months, no matter what happens in your circumstances, can I encourage you, don't retreat. Don't back away from Jesus. Don't back away from what God can and will do in your life. Remember we looked at it in Romans 8, 28, when it said God causes all things to work together for the good of those that love him and are called according to his purpose. And so he says in the light of all those guys, what we need to do, we need to keep looking up. That's what we need to do. We need to keep looking up. We need to keep our eyes fixed on Jesus. And this is how he puts it. You know the words. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the light of faith, life of faith. I love this. Such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith. And the witnesses he's talking about is the witnesses he's just listed all the way through the chapter. And the winners and the losers are both witnesses to the life of faith. The guys who had the victories and the guys who were cast off and considered not worthy of this life. They were both listed in this cloud of witnesses 
And look, he carries on, he says, so let's strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up, and let us run with endurance the race that God has set before us. Set before us. You see, it's the providence of God that you live and I live in these times. It's the providence of God that you live in this place at this time going through this experience. It's the providence of God that you experience this, not your parents, not your grandparents. It's the providence of God that you are living in this time of a global health crisis. And that is the race that is set before us. You're not supposed to run somebody else's race. You're not supposed to wish for somebody else's life. You're not supposed to wish for somebody else's circumstances, somebody else's situation, maybe somebody who has more certainty in their life than you have right now. You are supposed to run the race with endurance that is set before you, your individual race. But I love there's something else inside in this frame of this verse that we need to pay attention to. Because look at the word that keeps on repeating, keeps on appearing. He says, therefore we are surrounded by such a huge code of witnesses to life of faith. Let's, let us, strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily tris, trips us up. And let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. You are not alone. You are not alone. You are not alone. You are part of a faith community. And even though we are physically cut off from each other for now and for this season, you are not alone. You are in this with a church, with a community, with people surrounding you. And if you need support and help and prayer and encouragement, reach out. Pick up the phone, get on the line, contact your brothers and sisters. Make sure you stay connected because I think that what could potentially happen in this current situation is that people become disconnected. They get disconnected and when they become disconnected, they become disenchanted and when they get disenchanted, they become discouraged and sure we all know what happens in the end. More people fall away through discouragement than they do, than they do through the attacks of the devil. That's 100% sure. They fall away because they become discouraged. They don't have other people around them to support them and encourage them and speak life to them and speak words of faith to them. So he says, let's run with endurance the race that God has set before us. And what did he then say? He said, we do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. We do this by keeping our eyes not on ourselves, not on other people's situations, not on our circumstances, not on the troubles or the trials or the potential shortages, certainly not by putting your eyes on the uncertainties, by fixing our eyes upon Jesus who started the whole darn thing and is going to finish the whole darn thing in your life. Paul, you know that you're familiar with the verse. When he writes to the Philippians, he says, I'm confident of this, that the one who began a good work in you is going to bring it to completion. He's going to finish it off. But all we have to do is stay on the course and we need to keep our eyes upon Jesus it's very important to look where you're going I mean we say that to people who are clumsy or we might sometimes say it to our kids when they fall over somebody you need to look where you're going because it doesn't make any sense to walk around the place and walk into things you need to keep your eyes and look in the direction you're going now how do we keep our eyes on Jesus do we get a nice picture 
in the kitchen, one of those kind of kind of Rastafarian Jesus images or something like that, kind of laughing Jesus, and we kind of keep our eyes on that then when trouble strikes. Come on, you know that that's not the case. We keep our eyes upon Jesus in the main by reading about him in what the scripture says. And of course we keep our eyes upon him by communicating with him, by connecting with him, by praying. And remember the rule I offered you just the last Sunday morning. There's a very simple rule for praying. Really simple, and it's a, it's a three-liner. comes from Philip Yancey. It's not mine. I didn't create it. He distilled it into three simple phrases. What did he say? He said, keep it simple, keep it honest, and keep it up. It is that coming every day into the presence of God that will help you to fix your eyes upon Jesus. I'll tell you something. We may, you may, in this current climate, have more time. You may or may not. Some people do. Some people don't. Some people are working harder than others. Some people, some people are having to do extra shifts or whatever. I understand that. But if you do have time, if you don't have time, you need to make time. Because in making time, we sit down and we get a chance to find God's perspective on our situations. We get to see an eternal perspective on our situation. We get to see, like Paul said, we fix our eyes not on the things that are seen, our circumstances, our situations, but on the things that are unseen. Because what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is permanent. What is unseen is eternal. All this is around you, everything, you know, I, people are saying, I've heard people say on the radio, and it is true, this will pass. This current crisis, this current situation will pass. But let me bring you a bit of truth. Everything will pass. The Bible teaches us that everything will pass. And that so long as we depend on the solid things of this world, we are on a losing streak. Because it's going to pass. We will pass from it, it will pass from us, it will pass. But when we fix our eyes on what is eternal... When we fix our eyes on the true eternal values, when we fix our eyes on Jesus, that's what will sustain us through thick and through thin. It'll sustain us through difficult times and good times. It'll sustain us through bad circumstances and good circumstances. It will sustain us through certain times and uncertain times. I want to finish with the last verse from the book of Exodus. And this is from the book of Exodus, just as the children of Israel were about to leave Egypt. They were about to cross through the Red Sea. They were just about, to, just about to cross the waters. And they had this incredible moment of uncertainty when they could look behind them. And they could see that the armies of Pharaoh were closing in behind them. They were worried. They were frightened. They were afraid. They had never faced this. They had never faced the circumstance quite like this. Even though they'd seen all of the plagues of Egypt descend upon the Egyptians... They had been safe in them. They had never actually completely faced down the army of the Egyptians that was moving in close to them. They had never seen that. And then the Lord spoke to them. And finally he turns to Moses. And this is what he says to him. And this is what I believe God would say to so many out there tonight who are dealing with uncertainty. Uncertainty over your job. Uncertainty about your income. Uncertainty about your relationships. Uncertainty about your health. I believe God would say this to you quite simply. Don't be afraid. Just stand still and watch the Lord rescue you today. Don't be afraid. Just stand still. Take time to fix your eyes on Jesus. Stand still. Slow down. Handbrake up. Time off. Turn off the TV. There's not that much on it at the moment anyway. Only bad news. Tune out of the bad news. Tune into the good news. 
Stand still and watch the Lord rescue you today. I want to pray and I want to finish up uh, by singing the worship song. I want to sing the song, We Will Not Be Shaken. But before we do that, I'm going to try my guitar on my neck. And thank you for tuning in and listening to our message tonight. I'm going to just do a couple of other shout outs just before we finish in a second. But I would like us to sing a worship song. Called, We Will Not Be Shaken. And what it is, is it's really our commitment. It's our heart choice. We're declaring that whatever way it looks on the outside, we are going to stand and fight. We are going to stand and fight regardless of the circumstances that are breaking out around us. We are making our decision to keep our eyes and fix our eyes upon Jesus. We're going to keep our eyes and fix our eyes on the promises of God. Remember, at the end of the day, faith is believing that God will keep his promises despite circumstances that may seem to the contrary. Despite circumstances that may be going in the opposite direction. And so we're going to join Paul's encouragement to the Hebrew, the Jewish Christians in Jerusalem. For we trust in our God And through His unfailing love We will not be shaken We will not be shaken We will not be shaken Though the battle rages, we will stand and fight. Though the armies rise up against us on all sides, we will not be shaken. We will not be shaken. We will not be shaken. For in the hour of our darkest day, together. Lord, I thank you that when we look at your word, we see generation upon generation of people who trusted in you, Lord. Some people lived in great circumstances. Some people saw what outwardly looked like your glorious victories every day. And other people, well, life wasn't always so good for them. I pray, Lord, that we would have faith in these uncertain times, trusting our times into your hands, Lord. We ask you, Lord, that you would give us the power, give us the strength to run with perseverance the race that you've set before us. And Lord, I thank you this evening, Lord, that there is no accident 
that we live in this place and at this time. But thank you, Lord, it is your providence that has brought us to this place. And so, Lord, where you have brought us, you will provide for us, Lord. We pray, Lord, that we would know and see the deliverance of God, just like the Israelites saw, the deliverance of God. Lord, I pray that though the world around us is shaking and uncertain and falling apart, even living in terror and fear, we would be a people who would have faith, who would look beyond these current circumstances and see God is still sitting on the throne in heaven, that the earth is the Lord's and everything in it, that God is still sovereign in the universe, and that the same God who in his sovereign power chooses not to stop the coronavirus is the same God with sovereign power who will sustain us through help us to keep going Lord for as Paul said we can do all things through him who gives us strength for we trust in our God and through his unfailing we will not be shaken, we will not be shaken, we will not be shaken, for we trust, for we trust in our God, and through His unfailing love, we will not be shaken, we will not be shaken. We will not be shaken. Lord, though the armies rise up against us on all sides, we declare we will not be shaken. We will not turn back in Jesus' name. And God's people said, Amen. Praise God. Let me just give you a couple of last notices and some shout-outs as we come to an end. Don't forget we're going to be here again next Sunday live at 12 noon. Tom is going to take the service next Sunday so he's going to be coming to you live at 12 noon next Sunday. He's also going to be here with you next Tuesday. Tom's going to be here on Tuesday at half past seven so he's going to be leading night church next Tuesday. I look forward to hearing what God has put on his heart. I know that Tom is really feeling and sensing God's presence at the moment and we're going to listen to what God has put on his heart prophetically. Uh, and of course don't forget that anytime you want to catch up with us you can catch up with us Grace Church online anytime. Somebody messaged me yesterday and said they were looking at the God channel which was Grace on Demand. Just another quick reminder for you as well um, that coming up in the next week uh, by next weekend, we hope we're going to have something going out for the kids in Grace Christian Church. We want to be, we want to do a small program for the kids. We're going to take it from the program that we've been using at Kids Church every Sunday morning. We're going to be emailing those who've given us their information. And if you want to be included in that, you can give us a shout over any of our platforms, over the social media. You can drop us an email or you can drop us a message on Messenger or WhatsApp or whatever you want to do. Send us a message and we'll make sure you're added in to that email. They're going to send out some dance moves. They're going to send out some content so that parents, if they choose, can do some and some ongoing kids work with their kids and follow the program. 
If you'd like to give a donation at Grace Christian Church, of course, you can do that. As ever, we want to facilitate people being able to give a donation. We know that some people have been giving on, giving above and beyond. You can give even right now on your phone at give2.graceireland.ie. Or if you wish, you can go on our website. You can go to our donate section, drop to donate, scroll down the page on the donate page, and you can give there if you'd like to do that. Just a couple of last things before we do go. Just want to say to you, if you have a birthday or if you have an anniversary, a spiritual birthday, a physical, physical birthday or an anniversary coming up, um, do give us a shout, give us a message, drop us up, let us know that it's coming up so that we can give you a shout out on Sunday. Or if you just want to shout out, give us a shout, let us know, give us, show us the love and we can give you a shout out next Sunday morning and that as well. And lastly, don't forget, don't forget, you can click like and subscribe on our YouTube channel, Grace Church Cork. You can go on there, click like and subscribe. And at any time during any of these broadcasts, just give us a click and give us a share. Thank you. We had 14 shares for the service last Sunday morning. It's fantastic to get the word out there. Let's go out beyond the walls. Enough. That's it for tonight. We've got no more for you tonight. By the grace of God, we can hope to see you again on Sunday. Hope you can tune in. Tom, like I said, is going to be leading the service. God bless you and go with you. Keep the faith. Amen.